surprising in my surroundings. I'm finding the quietest states these days. This representation of storm brewing amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my team. Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives, as you may know. It's cold out there, baby. <laughs> it seems to be cold everywhere, which is why you should head to Tracksmith today. They got their no days off attire. That attire is made so that you will never have to take a day off because of weather. They want to protect you from the elements and allow you to enjoy the workouts as you see fit. And that's the best thing about them. They can cover you from ankles to the tip of your head. They got you covered for sure. So go ahead, head over there to tracksmith.com and check out their no days off attire and shoot. Maybe you want to get ready for the spring. Maybe you're like, you know what? Last thing I want to do is think about the cold weather right now. I want to prepare myself for when it gets warmer. Tracksmith has some of the best attire going no matter the weather. So if you use code rambling runner at checkout, you will save $15 off your first purchase of $75 or more. Either way, when you buy tracksmith attire, you're getting some of the best stuff around. that's going to last you for a long time long time. So this episode, Mastering 40, recorded these interviews or these sessions with my coach, James McCurdy, and my sports psychologist, Adrian Langelier, on Friday. Uh, I'm now recording this intro on Sunday, the Sunday before. I'm going to release this episode Monday morning. I'm giving you this timeline for a very specific reason. And that's why I'm going to have a little bit of an elongated intro because Well, things are going down. So, um, fortunately, I hurt my knee doing the silliest little thing. I was cracking my ankles, of all things, and just not even paying attention to what I was doing. And I kind of, like, turned my left leg to crack my ankle, and I twisted my knee. So, I didn't even realize in the moment that it happened. It kind of sprung up on me um, middle of the week on a run. Just a slight, dull pain. Really nothing of significance. And I was very cautious with it. And then the next day I ran two miles. I was getting slight pain, stopped my run, didn't, you know, did not push it. And then I was like, you know, this is starting to feel better. It's not really feeling that bad. I think it's just a pain tolerance issue, which is kind of nice, right? Because if you have an injury that really isn't anything substantive, it's just a matter of how much pain can you handle or discomfort, probably is a better way of saying it. Um, that's not that big of a deal. And I feel like, you know, I might not be the toughest guy in the world, but at least I can handle some of that. So that was my thinking. Went out for my run yesterday, which was a eight mile easy run. And I could tell stuff, stuff was going on. I had my, my OS first knee sleeve on it, which was nice. And it definitely helped out during the run. After the run, I could tell like, oh, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Even though it was fine during the run and kind of, kind of numbed up a little bit. Once I got going, uh, after the fact, I could tell that it wasn't it wasn't great. So what happened was it got tender during the course of the day. Um, I even like went over to Dick Sporting Goods to get um, something for my my son. And then while there, I'm like, oh look, there's these running shoes I've never tried on before. I'm gonna try on these running shoes. And um, I wasn't planning on buying it, but I wanted to try them out. It's always nice. And uh, went for like the little jog in store to test them out. And I'm like, my left knee was on fire. Didn't do any lasting damage to it, but I definitely have to take it easy. So today I was going to do a different kind of workout than was on the schedule to to basically do it on the bike. So kind of like a bike workout, um, which can be really, really useful. So I wasn't really that depressed about it. or I wasn't depressed at all about it. I was fine. I was like, all right, just, you know, I'll do the, the bike workout. I'll get a great workout in. This will help my fitness. Everything's fine. And then you know, went on the bike during like a little warm up. I could tell that my knee was like just starting to like feel it a little, little bit. Um, really wasn't an issue, right? If this had been the first time I felt anything, I would have just kept going. But it wasn't the first time. So I shut it down. So definitely going to be taking a few days off from biking, running, cross training, that kind of stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll probably do like some sort of like upper body core work, hit training uh, over the next couple of days, stuff that I should be doing more of, more of anyway, uh, just to kind of feel athletic and to get some, get some sweat going, but I'm definitely going to keep it you now, keep it easy on the legs over the next couple of days, which is kind of ironic considering what James McCurdy and I are about to talk about uh, in terms of just where I've been. So a little state of the union from a running perspective over, say, to even 2021, so the last two months, roughly. 
things have been going well. Uh, workouts have been going very well, uh, except for like the past week or so. Again, that's just a small little bump in the road. Uh, but oh, generally speaking, things have gone well, uh, averaging six runs a week, averaging 35 miles a week. Again, that's good. And compared to where I was last year, I'm very happy with that. The difference is good isn't good enough anymore. And that's what James and I are going to talk about in a little bit. He gives me a hard truth, one that I already knew, one that he didn't even really need to say because I already felt it. But it is important to have these conversations with your, with the, you know, your support network and your coaches and the people who hold you accountable. Um, because while I've done fine, I'm not in this to do fine. I'm trying to reach a whole nother level. I'm trying to see what I'm what my potential is, what I could possibly become. And when you need when you're trying to do something different, you need to act different. You need to act differently. And I haven't been there. I've kind of stayed in my worn groove of training that I've been in the past. You know, the the six day a week, 35 mile, that's been when I'm when I'm training at a fairly good clip, that's usually where I'm at. And that's fine. But I'm not trying to be fine. I'm trying to do something different. I'm trying to master 40, as the evidence by the name of this show. So I'm doing the elongated intro to just put everything into perspective, give you an update, because we do touch on the knee stuff with James in a little bit, but uh, it's not quite up to date, even though it was recorded two days ago. So without further ado, here is my conversation with James McCurdy and then Adrian Longlier. Hey, James, how you doing, my man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just, you know, sitting in bed. Uh, I'm walking a little bit now, which is nice. Yeah. So what's the timetable for return? I know we touched on this last episode. You had you had a in your foot surgery. Yeah. So surgery was uh, was was successful. Um, there was there was a lot of there was a lot more to do than what they first thought. Uh, there, I was worried about a few things, um, but all the testing came back negative, which is great. Uh, which means the insides of the bones were healthy. Uh, I was, we were kind of worried about infection and a few other things, but um, the, the, one of the issues was uh, some of the bones had broken, uh, and then they were it was kind of like regrowing like layers on an uh, of an onion over the top, uh, and because of that added bone growth that was separating the second toe with the with the big toe, and it was pushing them out a little bit further. Um, so that was an issue. Uh, I had torn the plantar plate. We just didn't know the severity of the tear that wasn't really kind of showing up on the MRI, which is why all the other doctors and the professionals missed the issue. Um, but once, once the surgeon got in there, he said, uh, on this particular part of the foot, he said, this is probably the worst tear I'd ever seen <laughs> for the plantar plate, which basically holds the toes to the foot. Uh, which isn't a good thing, and because that was torn for so long, the tendon that was that goes on top of the toe, essentially that uh, it's called the extensor tendon, uh, because the plantar plate which holds underneath that extensor, the, because that one was broken or torn, I should say, in, in multiple areas, the extensor tendon was like overworking and pulling the toe up, right? So now I've got like this long rope really tight, pulling my toe back, which is causing some hammering of the toe. And um, even though like he fixed the plantar plate, he said it was like he, my foot was giving him the finger because my toe just went almost vertical, um, which was kind of funny. Uh, but he had, to, he had to lengthen that tendon, which that in and of itself is going to take some time to heal. Um, and you know, you had to screw in and, and drill with the bones and get into the metatarsal head and whatnot. So there was a, there was a lot of things in order to fix it up. He actually had to dislocate my toes to create enough space to be able to do all the work that he needed to do. Yikes. So my timetable to recovery, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a while. Um, but he is incredibly confident that once I am healed and pain free and ready, that I will be a hundred percent ready to roll. I'm n I'm not going to have this issue again. This was an acute issue. It just was there for so long, and things started happening uh, over the years because of because of the plantar plate tear. Um, but it it explains so much, uh, and I, I'm 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 excited to kind of get back in there and start training. But I can't even do therapy yet. I've got to wait for the tendons to heal before I can start therapy. 
Well, it certainly sounds like a long road, but it must be nice to have a, a win, not if scenario. Yeah, I tell you what's what's the nicest part about all of this is, well, a few things. Number one, uh, it wasn't in my head. You know, like I think as athletes, we can always, and I know you felt this in the past, uh, am I am I just being a baby? Am I am I not strong enough? Am I just, you know, we all have that that those moments when something pops up. Oh, I, I got to toughen up that type of thing, and you know, it did get so bad that you know, running was for me was starting to lose its joy. It's it's one of the reasons why about a year and a half ago I, w- I actually decided for a period of time to step out of running completely and just focus on the coaching aspect. But I it just it was just too much in me that I, I just couldn't fully do that. Um, and then the other part was one of the nicest things is I, I'm able to shower, <laughs> uh, which is great um, because that was two weeks of uh, I was starting to get I mean, even though I had some some body wipes, I was starting to get a little raw there. Yeah, we don't have to get too much into that. That that uh, that end of things, uh, but that's always a positive. That's for sure. Anyone who's had lower leg issues uh, has dealt with that that conundrum. Um, that's oh. for sure. Um, well, first of all, congratulations! I'm glad that you got not only got surgery but got some answers. I know it's been weighing on you for a very long time. Um, so it's nice to to finally have a, a clear path in front of you, a long path, but a clear path uh, nonetheless. Yeah. So let's get in. Let's get into. Uh, let's get into you. We're we're what? We're about six months in. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah. So the, the past week has been kind of you know kind of messy. Um, that's for sure. The two weeks prior to that was pretty good. Um, you know, things were progressing how they had been progressing. Uh, ultimately, uh, which was nice. Uh, this past week, not not as great. Um, this past weekend. Uh, had a long run that just like just didn't happen. Um, so it was on Sunday. I did the warm up, and my whole body was like, you know, my tummy, my stomach was all messed up. Like my my whole body was like, this, I I do not. You're not doing this. Um, so I did the three mile warm up, and then called it. And then um, yes, then it's just it's school vacation week, so my normal schedule is completely thrown asunder. Uh, I've been able to, so my normal workout was going to be on Tuesday and then that got pushed to Wednesday. So it was yesterday, um, didn't end up running on Tuesday at all. And then yesterday started doing the workout and then like just started developing like a little knee pain. Uh, I actually was able to kind of pinpoint it today. I think it's just, I slightly twisted my knee the other day. Um, so I, this has happened to me in the past. Um, it's for me like cracking my ankles. Um, and then when I, sometimes I'll do it like without even thinking and I'll like, I'll turn my leg hard and crack my ankle and then like, it kind of messes with my knee a little bit. Yeah. Talk, talk about, talk about like something that you don't need to do to yourself. But anyway, that's, I, I guarantee, I know that's what happened. Um, so this has happened to me in the past. It just takes a little bit of time. It's ultimately, it's not going to affect my running a whole heck of a lot, but like, and then today I went out for like for a two mile jog. My knee after like the first half mile was like, yeah, whatever. It was fine. Um, just like a dull soreness, but nothing, nothing extravagant. And, um, it was funny. I was like sweating like a bastard and it's like 15 degree wind chill. Yeah. And it was like, I was like sweating through my clothes. I was like, I don't feel right. I just, I just feel like this week I've been so like my schedule is messed up. Like, my diet's been messed up. I've actually been getting more sleep, but I just feel like this, this week has just been whatever. I'm not going to like cry about it because it's just like it's like it's just one week, but this week hasn't gone great. Let, let's let's examine the, the sweating in the, in the in the extreme cold. Um, that's that's not a normal physical reaction, right? We sweat to cool ourselves off, but when we're already in like really cold temperatures, when we're sweating profusely like that, and that's happened to me a few times. Generally, that means that something is wrong. A sickness is is taking over, uh, or massive dehydration. Um, one of the two, right? Um, you've been sleeping, I, and uh, and and from what you described over the weekend when you texted me, uh, it makes sense that you're just you're battling a sickness, right? Like you just don't feel right, and things are are just not jiving. And 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 like I said in the text, it's going to happen. You know, our bodies we're going to go through that. That's not a big deal. I'm not going to worry about a sickness here or there. Uh, we just got to pay attention so you're not digging the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, your body can kind of come out of it. Um, I know myself when I have experienced, and I've, I've texted Tim more than a, uh, uh, than, than a few times. Oh man, like I was, 
I was sweating profusely in my warm up. You know, like just 20, 25 minutes of running and I felt like I had already done my workout. Sometimes it's better to just shut it down and be like, nope, today is not the day. Like I don't, that it is not happening. There's something wrong type of situation. Um, I like to look at when I feel like that, I like to look at my heart rate. Um, I don't normally look at heart rate data too much, but when I feel like that, I like to look at my heart rate. Um, because if I'm running in a, in a warm up and I'm in like the upper one sixties or one seventies, uh, that that's letting me know that my body is fighting something off and I should not work out that day. That's fair. Yeah. And I don't have, I didn't upload the data. Uh, that, that little mini run just happened. So I didn't upload the data. I don't even have my watch on me. I could just like do it right now. But my watch is, you know, somewhere downstairs. Yeah. But, but, but you know what you feel. You know what I mean? Like, you know what you feel. Um, I think the biggest thing is this, this, at this point, it's like, and like you said in uh, kind of a, the message this morning, it's, it's kind of like a, a check in. Where are we? Um, uh, what, where are we going? Are we closer now to the goal than we were? three months ago, six months ago, certainly. And what, what are we doing moving forward? Um, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I, I think we need to, to figure out how to, how to get you buckling down a little bit more, um, even through some of the chaos that your life does present. Um, and I think the tendency for you as an athlete is, well, let me, before I get into that, I, I had a conversation with an athlete this morning. Uh, via text, and we're still kind of talking um, because this individual is at work, and we can talk as we're working or as she as she's working. But um, the conversation was really like, okay, you know, this is what I've been seeing the last four, five, six weeks, and we're coming back into some into some movement, into some training. We have this lofty goal of getting an Olympic trials qualifier. We don't know the standards yet and all that kind of stuff, but we have an idea of where things might go. And this individual is capable of development, number one, and number two, of, of achieving the result that she wants to achieve. Uh, she just hasn't done it yet. But what I've been noticing is over a period of time, uh, and this is what I've been t- I, I spoke about with her this morning, was other things are becoming the priority. And it's not that our lives should only be about the goal, right? We can't put away work. There are certain things in our lives that we we have to be responsible for, family, work, you know, relationship. Those three are incredibly important. Uh, but we have to recognize the reality that if we want to achieve X physically, that those goals need to be a priority on a weekly basis. Otherwise, we're just going to hover and they will always be out of reach. Right. Uh, and that, that it's a hard conversation to have with this with this individual, because I understand the responsibilities in this person's life. Um, but I also know how important it is for her to achieve what it is she's trying to achieve. And it's a very real. You got to start doing the work because otherwise you're just talking and it, it's not getting you anywhere. Right. Uh, and this is somebody who's who is incredibly talented. And I say that with love and care and respect, but it's also reality. And Matt, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing to you. There's, there, there's nothing holding you back from getting you to where you want to be over the next six months. You are better off now than you were six months ago. You are better off now than you were three months ago. But for the next six months, we need more. Because I don't believe we're going to get to sub 40 in just 30 to 35 miles a week. We need to start running more. And you're ready for it, right? Things are going to happen. Life is going to happen. Every once in a while, a week or two is going to be a little bit less. That's not the issue. It's the it's the totality. And we're either really going to take this up a notch in terms of appropriately, but in terms of, okay, I'm, I this is the priority of me athletically, and I need to get these things done consistently enough, or we're just talking about it. And I think you can really get this done over the next six months, but we, we have to take the next step. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um yeah, for the most part, there has been basically like, again, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but um, yeah, there, there's there been a number of weeks where it's been like one run on the schedule like hasn't happened. Usually, and it's not, it hasn't truly been like the workout days. Obviously, that's what happened this week. This was the anomaly. Um, but over the totality but yeah. of eight weeks, right? The Over the totality of eight weeks uh, from January to now, December to now, 
it's been anywhere from 30 to 35 miles a week, give or take, you know, one week, a little bit less, one week, a little bit more, but 30 to 35, I think you've got near 40 a few times, but uh, in the, in the grand scheme of things to get you to that next step, we have to run a little bit more. And I'm not saying run seven days a week. I want to respect that we can get it done off of a day of rest a week, certainly. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that we need to get 60, but we do need to run more. Right. We need to get, and, and, and that the, the more we can get you running, the more some of these sessions can then appropriately become bigger to give you more exposure. Right. I don't want to give somebody six miles of volume of speed work when they're, when they're running four days a week and that's a huge workout. That's not going to, it's not going to do them much justice. You know, I'd rather see more consistency of easy running and then gradually build the, the, the speed volume. Uh, as appropriate as that person responds and develops. Yeah, that makes sense to me. You know, next week we have a, we have a five miler, right? I mean, I I put that in your schedule. That was kind of my my idea. Is all right. Let's let's kind of run this five mile. Let's see what you can handle for the distance. And I would love to see you certainly well under eight minute pace as long as you're you know as long as the sickness doesn't last or whatever. As long as we can manage it. Um, in terms of making sure it's appropriate in, t- uh, in terms of health, but I, I want to give a, I want to give a five mile a really solid a real solid effort. Um, you know, we've done a few 10k efforts, but it's always been like this progression, finish the back half a little stronger. But this five miler that we got for next week, weather pending and all this kind of stuff is, let's go, let's give this a shot. Right. So this will be like my first real all out test. Uh, from a race perspective, like you mentioned yeah, before, I mean, you the, the, a, the ones that fall were not, were not, were not, were not an actual race. They weren't a time trial of sorts. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I actually, wow, that was a big stutter. <laughs> I have a few athletes that I want to use this distance as a test. Uh, one athlete out in Scotland, um, Nikki. I'm, I'm really excited about this for her because she was all like, "Well, how come?" How come not a 5K? I'm like, Nikki, you've been doing 5Ks for like the last four months. Let's do a different distance. You know, let's do something new. Um, I've got a few athletes that are building towards half marathon uh, this spring. And I want them to do a five mile because it's going to be inside of that 30 to 40 minute range. And I feel like that's that's long enough in a time trial that you can progressively build but then find that effort and ride the line without risking and needing like 10 days recovery because of it you know if we were like 45 or or 50 minutes that line is very very long to be riding and and doing that by yourself can can sometimes be daunting but also that might require a lot more recovery than I, than I want to give and interrupt training too much you know, so that this this time frame of thirty to forty minutes kind of fits that mold for you as well, where it's it's going to be a hard work. I want you hands on knees. What did I just do? Type of feeling, uh, questioning yourself a little bit, but I don't want it to be so invasive that we need to take two weeks off to recover from it either. All right. So assuming that you know, in a few days, you know, things on on my end has passed, and I'm you know back to kind of normal health or whatever's going on. Um, What's the what 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 what's the pacing strategy or how you want me to approach that? Well, in, in a thirty-five minute effort, uh, we don't want the first seven to ten minutes to be the fastest, right? So I think around seven forty to eight minutes, somewhere in that range, you know, weather and terrain pending, depending on where you decided to run, uh, a track would be fine, but boring. Uh, an out and back would be fine, or or a big loop would be fine. But I think I think the first seven to ten minutes uh, around at seven forty eight minute range. So you should be about a mile to a mile and a quarter into this effort. And then now you have four to 3.75 to four miles to be on pace. And I'd really like to kind of see you hovering in that 7.30 range for the next two or three miles. And then, okay, what can you give that final bit? Got it. Okay. I think your slowest portion really should be that first mile, mile and a quarter. Um, and I think that would be a great, a great effort. Uh, thirty-seven thirty would be a wonderful time, and that would be a seven thirty average. Okay, all right, that makes sense. But of course, we'll adjust. You know, I'd like you to have a, 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 a an idea of terrain. You know, we don't want to do this on 
600 feet of gain in, in five miles, you know, relatively flat and safe. Um, and if it, if that means it's on a treadmill because of whatever, well, then it's on a treadmill. You know, we just want to make sure the treadmill is accurate. Well, that's going to, well, I don't have one of those. So it will definitely be outside. Uh, I'll have to just make sure that I'll find a place that's not, not, not too, not too hilly. Yeah. Yeah. My treadmill is definitely not accurate for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I wrote a, I wrote a tip to all the athletes and the coaches as well about kind of measuring and, and distance based and understanding real feel of distance covered on a treadmill versus what the treadmill is actually telling you. And I had a few athletes in the last two weeks, uh, not calibrate their treadmill, but just measure their treadmill in terms of time over distance and what the wheel is telling them versus what the treadmill. Some of the athletes have been off by 30 to 40 seconds per mile, meaning eight minute pace felt like 715 because of real distance actually covered with the belt. Right. And more often than not, athletes were coming back saying, wow, I didn't realize how off my treadmill was uh, in terms of it was telling me I was running slower than I actually was. I had a few whose treadmill was lying to them fast where they thought they were running seven minute pace and it, oh, it felt so easy. I'm like, are you sure that treadmill is accurate? Because this intensity over this period of time and distance should have been really hard for you. It is outside, but it's really easy indoors on the treadmill. And all of a sudden, their real feel wasn't seven-minute pace. They were actually covering a distance that was saying like 740 per mile. Right. Yeah. So I should, I should definitely, like you mentioned, this isn't calibrating your treadmill. It's just like, okay, this is the gap here. So I can then, you know, when I plug in my speeds, I can just accommodate for that. Yeah. I had a, I had a really talented athlete run three by three miles at, uh, at a very specific intensity marathon pace. And he, he said he was, he felt like he was going to die. I was like, dude, please just get the wheel and, and measure it out by it because he's, he lives in Nebraska and he's always on the treadmill. And turned out that his six minute pace was a real feel of 520. Oh boy. So he's running three by three at 540 to six minute pace. It was a real feel of five minute to 515. <laughs> you know, like it was, but yet he was still running 18 minutes, you know? So he was covering like 3.3, 3.4 miles in that amount of time or so, maybe a little bit less, you know, like it's, it was really hard, uh, regardless of which, um, if it's not on a travel, if, if it's outside, we, we just, we want it to be for you, uh, level more or less level. So it could be a real known, I don't want there to be so much hill that it kills your pace. And I don't want there to be so much downhill that it's not a reality of of where your fitness actually is either. Right. And let's touch on that too, because in the last podcast, we had some big workouts coming up that I was nervous about. And I had a full conversation with Adrian about them. And those workouts turned out to go really well. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I feel like, you know, I'm a little like, again, I'm not letting my running affect my mood, but when I'm thinking about my running, I'm like, ah, oh, this week's not going great. But like, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that like the two weeks prior to that actually actually went really well. And like, I didn't hit my weekly mileage that I should be hitting, but at least I can take solace in the fact that at least the workouts did go well. So there was something happening. Um, but I wanted, I want to do more and I need to do more, but at least I can, you know, take some positives out of those experiences. Well, yeah, like I mean, it, you're, you're, what you're doing is, with the work that you've been able to get done, you're executing to your fitness much better than you had been in the past. You know what I mean? Like your fitness has grown. Of course, that is a reality, but you're also executing to your fitness much better versus these massive swings of, oh, that went well. And then four workouts in a row were blowups. No, the consistency and execution has really been there, you know, but now we, we just, it's the next step. We got to get, we got just got to get more in. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Well, I'm excited um, slash nervous, which I guess is where you want to be before an all out effort. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. um, well, remember, it won't be all out the first, there won't be all out the first mile. No, no, of course not. Of course not. And, you know, like, like, like any race besides like the hundred meter dash, there is going to be some level of pacing, but um, you know, ultimately when I finish, I want to feel like I gave everything that I had. Yeah. All right. Anything else uh, before we get going? No, man. That's good. That that that's what I got. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, James. All right, man. We'll talk soon.
All right, folks, if you know me at all, you know that I love Inside Tracker. All right. Looking in the mirror, stepping on a scale, that's not going to tell you if you're a healthy person. You need to go deeper. You need to go inside. So Inside Tracker, you know, it helps you be resilient, to live better, to take basically anything that comes your way and make the most of it. And the thing that they're able to do is really look at you know, your 40 some odd biomarkers let you know if you fall within the normal range of someone um, with your characteristics. And there's this huge survey you take, which is really, really deep and informative, which is exactly what you want. You want to get the most knowledge that you can about your body and where it is right now so you can make short term and long term changes to move you forward. And these are the things that you can't just look in the mirror and see, right? If you have an iron deficiency, ferritin, vitamin D, uh, hormone imbalances, these are the kind of things that can have a significant effect on you as an athlete and as a person. And you're just not going to know where they fall uh, for you if you if you don't you know have your blood taken and, and take a peek at what's inside. And that's why they call it Inside Tracker for a reason. And they do such good work. And I'll tell you what, you got to go over there now because they're Black Friday type deal is about to come to an end. So their ultimate plan, their best plan, you can save $200 on their ultimate plan, but you better do it soon. This baby's going to end in a week, in a week. And you can buy all these plans too for a while. You don't have to like buy one and use it right away. You can buy one in advance. Go over to InsideTracker.com. You have the link in my show notes. You go over there. The key thing here is make sure you use the code. Gift from Rambling Run. That's right. Gift from Rambling Run. You can go to the show notes to get the specific code that will save you all that dough. $200. I mean, my goodness, this is stuff you want anyway. So you might as well go there, save some dough while you're doing it, and become the best version of yourself. All right. If you've been listening to this show for really any amount of time, you know how much I love Prevenex and specifically Joint Health Plus. The health of your joints is paramount for runners of all ages, especially someone like me, 39, I'm turning 40 in under a month. It's, don't I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it, but it's true. But frankly, no matter what your age is, the health and wellness and maintenance of your joints is so important. Joint Health Plus is an absolutely unbelievably effective supplement that I trust. I've trusted for over a year now. And if you try it for a week or two, I know that you will trust it too. In fact, they have a money back guarantee. So go to Prevnex.com and use code RUNNER15 to save 15% on your first order. Go check out Joint Health Plus. Believe me, you're going to be so glad you did. It's something that you can really do to nourish your joints because, hey, you're beating them up. You know you are with all those road miles. You love it. You love to do it. So let's have that long career and make sure that your joints are taken care of. Joint Health Plus at Prevenex.com. Well, hello, Matt. How's it going? It's going. So uh, I need, feel like I need to give equal time to both you and James. So just so you're aware, at the beginning of each of the last two episodes with James, he did give us like his life update. Is there anything in your life that you would like to share with the show before we get going? My life. Okay. Well, the, I today was the first time I left the house since Sunday because Texas has been doing a Rhode Island impression. Uh, so... We're not very, we're not very well equipped to handle temps in the say teens, so that was interesting. But snow on the ground was beautiful, and I've actually gotten to run in the snow a few times, which has been an experience. But uh, yeah, biggest thing I'm working on right now, at least athletically, is broke my foot actually at the very end of 2020, and finally getting to where I can do five runs a week right now. So. You know, this whole injury rehab thing, I'm going through it right now. Well, I'll tell you what, man. You know, they say like the um, the Madden cover jinx and the Sports Illustrated cover jinx. Uh, evidently, we have the Mastering 40 coaching <laughs> jinx because this is exactly what James has been talking about. He had major foot surgery. And here you are breaking your foot. Um, I'm starting to wonder if I should walk around with just, you know, you know, proactively just bracing my feet. Feet are dumb, man. So my my big thing is like uh, physical therapy is one of the best things on the planet because I've been able to come back really quick. I mean, partially is just because this is not the first time I have broken my foot. 
So I have an idea of like how it's going to go. So it's a lot easier to swallow, but I'm working with a physical therapist here in College Station, Texas. He's amazing. So I have to do a lot of squats, but he's amazing. There you go. There you go. So, um, well, I'm excited to chat. Uh, we're kind of at the, just kind of past the halfway mark here. And then, so James and I just had a conversation about like, all right, state of the state of the union type thing. Like, you know, progress is going well. Um, definitely getting more fit every month, which is great. Um, you know, the, the workouts that we were a little nervous about, uh, in our last call ended up being just fine this past week has been kind of funky, but nothing, um, nothing really focused on there. So uh, the, uh, the whole pace range system worked out for you, didn't it? It did. Uh, and then I just felt better than I thought I would either too. So I, um, it was basically, my concern was kind of in a sense, much ado about nothing. Cause I did have, I did have more in me at the end. You know what I mean? I like kind of cruised at the end. So I was definitely more fit than I thought I was as well. Yeah. So we were able to kind of crush some self doubt there. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Um, so that's exciting. So, you know, I'll have so a couple of things going on. So, you know, James and I talked and he had, you know, a pretty blunt conversation of kind of like, hey, things are going well. Uh, but if you're serious about hitting your goal by this summer, we need to take a step up. And, you know, for me, that has been like, you know, I've had like on the on the schedules for the past six weeks or so. And we've talked about this oh, you know, obliquely is that you have had, you know, 40 mile, 40 to 44 on the schedule a lot of times. And usually my runs are coming in like my weeks are coming in mid to high thirties. And then I basically, I talked to James about two hours ago. And after that, I went looking into the schedules to see if there was anything consistent in terms of why mileage has kind of like creaked down. And it's like, it was just basically <laughs> just classic Matt Chittum. Um, okay. You know, which was, again, there, there are some ways that might not quite be this way, but it was classic Matt Chittum. Like, Oh, just I was rushed and I just kind of like pieced out on like a cool down or like a couple runs. I ran six instead of seven or maybe seven instead of eight. Yeah. It was like classic Matt Chittum of like not quite living up to the expectation, not like mailing it in, not completely being like, I'm not doing this. Um, but giving that like 85 to 90% effort, not like the hundred percent effort type feel and certainly not going like above and beyond. Um, and I was like looking at it like, that's not quite why I was doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm excited that I'm, you know, continuing to progress. Everything James said, like was not, you know, eye opening or surprising. You know what I mean? Like I could have given myself that direction. It was just brought into the light. Yeah, and, it was. And yeah. now in front of all the listeners too. So <laughs> So you're in a unique situation with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and it is. And it's funny because like in the moment I couldn't be like, all right, this is why or what happened. Not not from an excuse perspective, but more of like, um, this is the reality of what's happening. So at first my guess was like, oh, am I just missing a run? And that's like accounting for like the missing five miles or whatever. But no, it's more like just a little bit off and then a little bit off and yeah. a little bit off. And then at the, end, at the end of the week or month, you add it up and you're like, oh, you're not there. For in terms of like output, you know what? This is going to sound extremely silly, uh, but I'm sure you've seen Office Space. I'm sure of a lot of people listening <laughs> are of of our generation. So you know when they were plotting to steal from like the the AT the withdrawals or something like that. This is kind of the same effect where every little bit adds up. Except you're not trying to commit white collar crime. Of course, you're actually trying to better yourself. For some reason, that popped into my head. That's great. That's a good one. Actually, it's funny. <laughs> and then, like in the interim, like after I did my little deep dive, I went on to Instagram, and then uh, Darren Lakes who actually had me on his show, Master of Some. Um, that w- it came out like last month or whatever. Uh, he put he basically like reposted something from James Clear. It's like the, yeah. the you know the habit Atomic master. habits. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was one of those like if you get one percent better versus one percent worse every day, what does that mean over a year? And like graphing it versus like just talking about it right and it's like interesting it's like if you get one percent worse every day it's like after like the initial like four months like it kind of levels off you know so you're you're basically like i think it's like 0.03 percent worse at the end of the year you know what i mean or something like that like you're worse but it's not like a huge difference 
You know what I mean? Um, as uh, conversely, 1% better, like the graph looks completely different. You would think that they would look similar. I mean, like if again, like someone like myself, like who hasn't done this calculation before, I would just assume it would look fairly similar, just going in different directions. It doesn't. Like the 1% better, like slingshots up. And you're like, how come these aren't, how come these don't look the same? You know, um, but it's one of those situations where, like, I have found myself more often than not on the negative side of that equation, not the positive side. And it's easy to see why, you know, if you can stay on the positive side more often than not, you know, the cumulative effect of um, of that situation. Yes. So, you know, so how do we we take that and start getting our one percent? So what I want to dive into is like what are, you know, and I know we've touched on this before, but how are we talking ourselves out? Like, what are your common offenses? What, what you keep calling the classic Matt Chittum, which I'm actually going to suggest we ban that term and start changing the narrative that I always, you know, I always. We're find banning my name. I'm getting my name is now banned from the show. You could keep your name, but it's not in that context. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know. I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Your, your name is, as in identifying yourself. Your name's not a verb or an adjective. <laughs> we want to. I sound like an English teacher over here, but whatever. So anyway, but we want to think that because what that's doing is it's the language is I always do this. I always do this. And a lot of times we think that by God, that's going to come into reality. That's fair. I don't like think about it off the, all the time. It was more of like a, that dawning realization of like, ah, oh gosh, this is eerily familiar. Yeah. James snared you on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was more of like, it was funny. Like, I don't know which one I would have liked to see least. Talk about double negatives. Um, is if it was like I was just skipping a run every week or if I was just like paper cutting myself constantly. Uh, I think one is probably easier to fix, frankly. Um, but yeah, so like, I guess it kind of depends, right? There's, there's the ones where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm rushed, but sometimes like it's self-imposed rushing. Like, like I put myself in a situation to be rushed. Right. So like, it's true by the end is like, I, I really should go home right now instead of like completing this last mile or last two miles. Like, oh no, th this sounds so familiar is guess what? You're going to be stressed on your way to work. Right. Yeah. Because you did not start running early enough. I know that's my thing. I don't know about you. Yeah. No, that, that can absolutely um, play a part for sure. Um, yeah. So that, that, that oftentimes is that. And then it's also like, the, oh, it's, what's the big deal? It's just one mile, right? It's just the cool down. You know what I mean? Um, like the whole point of this workout was the workout, not the cool down. Like it, 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 it just look at the name of it. It's a cool down, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> it's funny. Cause like I have these two parts of me where I'm like, if I'm a, if I'm the coach talking to my athletes, like I don't take that approach as a coach, like, Hey, I skip it all. You know what I mean? Like I, I did put it on there for a reason. Uh, but then I'm as the athlete, it's like all of a sudden I'm, I'm inhabiting this completely different mindset. Yeah, so we almost need to stop and kind of think about that. Is like, okay, would I be telling my athletes one of these things? Uh, would, would I would I be would I be okay if this was somebody that I'm working with texting me? Uh, you know, if yes, do the thing. If not, be like, well, all right, let's uh, let's pony up and get this done. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, another way to look at it, it's a little bit more sophisticated than ponying up. Um, realize I'm a Texan. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> is, okay, so you want to be a sub 40 10 -er. So we kind of have to think, okay, what are some of, it, let's kind of think of like the, maybe kind of have a model in our mind. Like it doesn't have to be anybody special, but okay, habits of people who I know have done this what do they do? Do they skip cooldowns? Probably not. So we kind of want to think, okay, what does a sub 40 dude, what does he do? What would he do? Right. It's funny because in my mind, I actually didn't go to a dude. Um, okay. Went to, and I don't even know if she's even listening to this. Probably it, can, it, it can be whatever. So yeah, but no, there's, there's, there's this woman who, who, who like, you know, three years ago, her name is Becky, who listens to the show. And she's like, she's, she's a good runner uh, in the upper Midwest. And like, you know, three years ago, like we ran, like, it was funny. Like we were like, had the exact, sometimes 
it was like a confluence of events. A lot of times we'd have like the exact same workouts. We didn't even have the same coach, but very similar workouts on similar days and similar times. We would like run them exactly the same. It was hysterical. So, and now like three years later, she, you know, she's coached by a different person now or whatever. Not, not that that matters, but you know, she was like on the hunt for like a three hour marathon and like went and did it. Good for her. And like, she has kids. We're the same age, so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Like the weather, her, where she lives is worse than the weather than I live. You know what I mean? Like if you're just going to go down the list of like, well, there are there obvious reasons why this didn't happen for you and did for her. Like there's nothing, you know, there's nothing that's like, oh, I can't, you know, there's nothing uncontrollable that you could point to. Anything external, no. Yeah, exactly. So I think about that. I'm like, well, her training looks very different than mine. Like she runs like double the miles that I run and and so on and so forth. And not that I have to do exactly what she does, but it's enough of a difference to be like, well, we can look at, there's some pretty obvious reasons here why it's worked for her. And not, not to make everything in apples, not to make everything a comparison, but I think that this is illustrative in a sense, because this was a person who I would look at as like this person. And I, I can see, you know, very similar in terms of talent and ability and current fitness at a point in time. Yeah. And, you know, that that's not comparing. That's we need a model and we need a realistic model. Like, I don't think Elliot Kipchoge is a good model for any of us. I mean, yeah, with some of his habits, but we're never going to be him. But somebody kind of similar to you, similar background. Yeah, that might be useful. Yeah. And it's funny because like, it's, I don't it's like I just need to stop doing it. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, this doesn't this isn't like some sort of like complex like puzzle or problem. No, but, but I think is. uh so, uh, Alexi Pappas, she's been on the podcast circuit pretty hard. I'm glad that you're bringing her up because I was going to bring up a quote that she has on something like this. Yeah. I, I, you know what? You go first because I'm wondering if it's the same quote. Go ahead. All right. So, it was a quote that I initially liked. And then I was like, I don't know if I like this or not. Okay. Um, so, it was a quote from her book that was like, if you're... If you have a goal, you have to be 100% in on that goal. It has to be 100%, has to be all the time. And that, again, doesn't mean that every day is going to go perfectly well and things like that. And she has her, her third system. Um, but you need to be 100%. And I'm like, that makes sense. I like that. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, how many different parts of your life can you be 100% in about? Right. So that's where I was like, ah, again, then I'm like, and I didn't read her book. This was more like I saw the excerpt. Actually, I saw someone like had like, you know, kind of like, you know, um, screenshotted the page. So I kind of read the piece. So I got some context, but I didn't want to like judge too harshly, um, positively or negatively because I didn't have the complete view. But I remember I'd be, I was of two minds, I guess. I think the quote I had in mind was probably two pages after that is she talks about being interested versus being committed to a goal, which that to me makes a little more sense than the whole hundred percent thing, which I have a comment for that, that I'll uh, divulge here in a second. But that's a, that's kind of a, kind of a tool you can use is just like, okay, interested is, oh, I want this. So like I was, you know, there, there's been races I've been interested in, but you know, maybe a workout, you know, one too many workouts didn't go that way or a time I was trying to, I was trying to hit and I just didn't get my way and I backed off. I was interested in doing it, wasn't committed. So I thought that was, and I, I know she's mentioned that a couple of times it's in the book and it's also been on some of her interviews is um, that thing. And committed is you can kind of apply the rule of thirds to it and be like, okay, well, schedule says six miles today there's two miles at tempo we're doing all six so what can i do to make sure that i honor my commitment that i made to myself i think that's i think that's useful yeah no that makes sense and i think also the part is the part of the thing is like right now i'm kind of like getting back to like what my normal used to be mm -hmm. and i think that there's some sort of like it's easy to kind of like stay in that zone. It's like the next step up for me is all of a sudden we're starting to approach that, that level where we talked about in previous episodes of like going past what used to be normal. Now I'm not normal in terms of like my past paces or anything like that in terms of like my high end stuff, but it is normal for me. Like I'm looking on Strava right now. They do a nice job of like summarizing. So it's like in this year to date. So 2021 average six runs a week. 
uh, average time per week, five hours and 33 minutes. And I do upload all of my stuff to Strava. So they are, they are getting the full, the full lowdown and then average distance per week, 35 miles. Right. And that's exactly. You're um, in your comfort zone. That is, I mean, when I, when I'm comfortable, when I'm in the past, when I've trained at a, what at a level where I would say, okay, now I'm in, I'm in full training mode. It would look pretty similar to this. Mm-hmm. So while I've definitely been faster before, this definitely is kind of like the normal setting for me of like, hey, if I'm running, if I'm going for a run, it's going to be about an hour. If I'm doing a longer run, it's going to be 75 to 90 minutes. And that's kind of been where I have been in the past. So kind of on a more micro daily, weekly level, how do we start working through uh, doing more or wrapping our head around it? Um. Yeah, I think I think there's kind of like two steps. I think mean, the first step is that like I can just you know basically complete the complete the runs as prescribed, but it's not going to take a ton more effort. It's not like I'm skipping like the hard parts. You know, I'm skipping like the last mile of an easy run, the cool down. Like that that should not be a taxing part of my week. Um, so I think there's that part, and then. There's the next part of like, okay, well, what, what what happens when we start dialing it up to like mid to high 40s consistently? Um, or And when we get there, it's not because we're adding more miles on the easy days. It's because we're amping up the hard runs. Like I'm thinking about like, I'm looking at my schedule now, like in a couple weeks, I'll be doing a workout on a Saturday, then like a long, and then like nine miles on Sunday. Like we've already talked about that. Like that's hard for me. That's just hard. And I'm not going to be able to get it done if I don't kind of step up here. I think the other part too, and I just took the inside tracker test yesterday is, is, is dialing in my nutrition a little better. Um, I just, I am kind of searching a little bit. Like I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm doing a little too much at night with like some of my eating habits at night with like desserts. Like I'm having dessert every night again, um, which is not great um, for me. And then again, I'm not going to, I'm not talking, if you're listening to this, I'm not judging your habits. These are my habits. And I know what works for me or what doesn't. It's like getting into that habit of dessert. Like I shouldn't be doing that. I know that. Um, Probably having a few more drinks per week than I should be having. Um, Again, I'm not getting drunk, but it's like, do I need two drinks a night? Probably not, you know? Um, And then the other thing is, is uh, just the the, the more actual nutrition stuff. Like I've been kind of hopping around and like carbs don't always agree with me. Great. But I know that like, I don't want to be on like a low carb diet per se, cause I am amping up the mileage. So just, just kind of dialing in the stuff that I know I can do better. And the other stuff that I really need to kind of help with, uh, help with an expert on, um, could be helpful. Yeah. You can get, some, you can get some hard data, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll see how that, they'll see how that plays in. I should get the results on that you know, the next couple of weeks or so. And then what I did last time was I sat down with uh, one of the pros over at Inside Tracker, mm-hmm. uh, Stevie Lynn, who's, you know, marathoner uh, marathoner, and she's done a bunch of Ironman uh, work and stuff like that. So she, she understands it from both sides, both the science side and the athlete side. Mm-hmm. But I definitely need to do better in that, in that area because I feel like part of this too is that like maybe like I'm not quite recovering the way I should. Um, and that's easier for me to then like, rationalize that ah, and I can do that while here or there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like all the nuts and bolts are there. It's just developed. It's, I think just kind of winning each run. I think it's probably the simplest way we can go about it. And then next weekend, so we're recording this on Friday, the, let's see the date here. It's Friday the 19th. So next weekend I got my first all out race. So time trial, five mile time trial. Okay. Um, Unlike in the fall where we kind of had like a, a race plan of like going out, you know, not at race pace, basically, uh, not even approaching race pace and then kind of easing in. Um, this is going to be much more of like a five mile race. Again, there'll be pacing elements and make sure you don't go too fast and stuff like that. It's not just going to be like, you know, it'll be a normally strategized race with pacing elements and so on and so forth. If you just listen to my conversation with James, you know, all this already. Anyway. So that uh, I think basically the idea is to come in averaging around 730 pace for that, which um, I feel fine about. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I think that's not crazily, you know, not, not, you know, wildly removed from what I did a couple weeks ago with that five mile, like threshold, threshold work that I did um, where I basically finished the, finished the run at, at kind of at that pace. 
Yeah. And what kind of mindset kind of in the moment do you think is going to be helpful? I think the key is um, staying kind of like detached from it. Okay. How so? Um, In a sense of like, like relaxed about it, but engaged. So not thinking of it like, hey, this is my first like all out effort. Like, oh boy, like this is going to be, this is, this is big time and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? Like, just like, yeah, you know, it's a workout. You're going to be a little bit more, a little bit more mindful about it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. Because treat it like, yeah, I'm going to, what's the, what's the plan? The plan is pretty simple. Like I'm going to go out, I'm going to run hard and I'm going to like try to literally empty myself. Like I want to have nothing left when I finish the the race. Mm -hmm. With that said, like, not living and dying with a result either. Right. Well, I think it's just more like if you finish it and you're just like, man, I raced that. That's good. The time, the clock's always going to change and, and, you know, get faster. But I think that's something that'll probably give you some confidence regardless is like, you know, when I really wanted to back off, I didn't. Or, you know, when I normally would talk myself out of something, I didn't. So I think those those would be some some uh, some questions to kind of ask yourself or some some feelings to kind of go after. Yeah. So, like, I know that's the kind of shape I'm in. Like when he said 730 pace, I was like, yeah, all right. I wasn't scared by that. Again, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, more of it's just kind of like. Got a lot of work to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> got a lot of work to do um, in the next couple of months. You know, because shoot, February is almost gone. You know, summer is going to be here before you know it. Uh, and it's going to be time to, you know, really make it happen. Um, so it's kind of like, hey, there's nothing wrong with like that, that race goal per se. And it feels right and whatever. But it's more like, you know, if you want to be running a 10K, like fat one minute per mile faster than that in a couple months, like you better, better step on the gas on this training, my man. Mm hmm. So, well, you, I'm sure you have a run tomorrow. Uh, how are we going to win it? Yeah, this week's been weird. I just have, I've just been off all week. Like I just, like the, I went for you know, my long run on Sunday. Like after the, after the warm up, I just like, my body was like, this ain't happening. It's not happening. And like, right, it's just, the inside tracker. Uh, in yeah, yeah that's that really, actually, I shouldn't say that. I had already, I had already made the appointment, but, um, and then had a good workout yesterday, but I called it like my knee was bothering me. And then it started getting slippy, slippery outside because the snow. And I'm like, all right, this would be silly to like, to hurt my knee after it's already kind of like, I, I, I twisted is what happens. Like the low grade, low grade twist, not even worth going to the PT about. Uh, anyway. And I was like, oh, whatever. Then I went for a run today. I'm like, I just didn't feel right. Like I just I went for an easy run. Two miles in, I'm like sweating profusely. Like it's a real feel of like 19 degrees outside. Like I should not be sweating profusely after 20 minutes of running. You know what I mean? Like, and I was not going that fast. I was going like 9:30 pace. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, on, on the call with James just now, he was like, "Yeah, like you're probably just fighting something off." Um, don't worry about it. Sounds like it. Uh, so anyway, so I guess tomorrow and the next day, I think it's just more. So it's kind of just like it's kind of the in between. Like I'm not going to treat it like a normal day until it becomes a normal day. But I think ultimately, of like, all right, like these are your expectations. Like you're what you see on the schedule. I think Sarah Bishop talked about this. Um, you know, another McCurdy trained coach and professional triathlete. And her thing was like, if one of my athletes isn't able to do a workout because of, because of like stuff that's happening that day with them, they're not feeling right. I understand. Like for me, I would rather have them do the miles than like cut the workout in half. Yeah. Like I'd rather if they're supposed to cover 10 miles that day, then cover 10 miles easy instead of like giving me five miles of the workout. Yeah. And I was like not expecting that. And that made a lot of sense. And I didn't talk about that, James, was James specifically, but I would guess that he would probably echo those statements um, in a lot of ways. Maybe not say exactly the same. That's what my coach tells me, actually, is the miles count. Because I was laughing about, because I'm not used to running on snow and ice. I was laughing about how slow, how slowly I was going. He's like, they still count. And I'm like, you know what? They sure do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've always been kind of like the other way of like, I would much rather, you know, again, do like the five miles and get the, get some of the speed in mm -hmm. and feel like I did something along that. And so just being like, I'll just do like the 10 miles easy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely is a change of um, of how I would approach it. 
And I think because it's just like, I was, you know, like anybody, like I probably just like defaulted to the easier option. Yeah. Well, well, well that, and, you know, I think it's, there, it's not just physical endurance, it's mental endurance too. It's like, okay, it's not as fun to do an easy 10 than to break it up and have some intervals and stuff like that in there. So you kind of have to train that as well. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I learned that uh, on the stationary bike um, when I was rehabbing is I'd have like easy days, just like runs. I would kind of, I tried to mimic my run training as much as possible and interval day was fine. I'd get on that spin bike. I'd do my, do my workout, get really uncomfortable and be fairly pleased with myself. And the time would go by really quickly. An easy hour on a spin bike, not really changing gears. Oh my God. Like that was, that was its own exercise. That's a good point. Yeah. So I did it, but the whole time was just like, you know what is what I, if I stay on this bike, the easier it's going to be when I get to lace up again. Uh, the less time it's going to take for me to, you know, I was trying to tie some sort of incentive to it. It's just like, you're going to run better if you stay on this bike, which by and large actually has been proven to be true. So. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I told my athletes. You know, I was talking to athletes today, like, Hey, I'm getting sick of the treadmill and you know, the schedule with my wife's work and I can't like, get outside and run a lot. I'm like, but I'm getting really sick of this treadmill, man. I'm like, you have an indoor bike trainer. <laughs> you don't have to ignore it. It's right there. It's right next to your treadmill. I've seen your setup, you know, like just hop on the trend, just hop on the bike trainer on those easy days. You're getting the aerobic work in. That's fine. You know, like, and I tell my, I tell my runners, like, if you're going to hop up, basically you're going to supplant your easy run for an easy bike, keep it easy, but basically add 15 to 20% more time. Yeah. You know, and that's what I tell them. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's perfect advice. But that's what I tell them. And it's like kind of like the same sort of thing. You're going to get you're getting the aerobic work and your, you know, your 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 mental stuff is still going to be just fine. And you're going to get um, all the benefits that you'd want. Yeah, some of my friends call that free cardio. But uh, anyway, I digress. But, it, but yeah, it was hard for me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Just having the patience to just literally sit there and pedal. Yeah. But, you know, it's one of those things I'm like, okay, we don't need to worry about tomorrow. It's like, just give me 15 minutes on this thing. And I, you know, one of my middle skill I use constantly is, I'm sure you guys can probably tell by now, is self-talk. And I've, you know, I'm not a master negotiator with Adrian yet, but I'm getting pretty close to it is I can talk myself into a lot of things. And that was one of them. So, you know, that, I think that's why I value it so much is, I guess, obviously, because I do have that inherent bias towards using that tool is like, okay, let's make a deal. <laughs> no, you don't like what you're doing, but guess what? Just give me a little bit more. And you do that, you're not going to suck at running when you get back. Like, you're still using the cross-training example and stuff. So, anyway, before I get into the weeds, I'll just shut up. No, I appreciate it. That's for sure. Um yeah, it's funny. If we had this conversation a week ago, I feel like it'd feel different. But it's like this week has been such like a such a crapshoot. It's like, ah, eh, whatever. Actually, one thought about that is the hundred the Alexi. Let's go back to the Alexi path. This hundred percent thing is, you know what? Whenever we think hundred percent, what usually comes to mind? Perfect numbers. You know, it's you hit everything just right. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily it. Like if your body temperature is like 100 when it's 19 degrees outside and you've only been running 20 minutes, maybe your 100% is getting home, getting hydrated, getting rested so that you have more to give in the next session. So that's just something to also just kind of chew on a little bit too is it, it's going to vary, which I know I I did read Bravey and... Yeah, 100% does mean different things. Gotcha. Do you recommend the book? Oh, it'll blow. It, it, it blew my mind. Like, I mean, oh, it's just wow. like she does not pull any punches. I thought it was really good. Okay. So it, it definitely goes beyond the realm of running and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, I'm i going to recommend it to, you know, a lot of my runners reading it for, very, you know, various points and stuff like that. Because, I mean, it has, there's a lot in it. We'll put it that way. Okay. All right. There you go. 
Um, I'll keep that in mind. It's definitely like on the books. It is, is, is a book on Audible, and there's not a lot of running books on Audible. So it's like it's on my wish list. Like, all right, I'm going to pull the trigger on this at some point for sure. Um, so, all right. Well, that's good to know. I'm glad, I'm glad that I've gotten that recommendation. Yeah, I would be lying if I said that I didn't listen to that when I was cross training. So I was like, okay, just give me give me something stimulating to keep me to keep me motivated, and that t- that that helps. Which I've never I never considered myself a uh, like I love podcasts in the car. I love them in my house. I do not like them when I'm working out. No offense, but <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just one it's of those fine. things. Like I want silence, silence or music. But for some reason, in that type of in that type of format, I guess when I just need to just get something done and I'm not really trying to focus, I find I, I found that helpful. So. Anyway, yes, Bravey, highly recommended. Boom, there we go. All right, Adrian, thank you so much for the time. You're so welcome. All right, Adrian and James, thank you so much. Also, big shout out to the sponsors who are with me every step of the way, Tracksmith, Inside Tracker, and Prevenex. Love those guys. So, gosh, I love them so much. They have just been so generous to me and so supportive of me. So if you want to do anything for me or the show, not that you need to, but if you want to, go check them out. Because not only do they support the show, and that's meaningful to me, they produce high-quality stuff. So go check them out, because who doesn't want high-quality stuff for their money? Uh, I trust them implicitly uh, because I trusted them before they became sponsors. So, Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already done so, go subscribe to Road to the Trials. We are going to be coming up with three, yes, three episodes this week on the Road to the Trials podcast, getting ready for the Trials of Miles race this coming weekend down in Austin. So with that being said, we got interview with Dana Giordano. Not, so these are all the intro episodes like I always do, but the episode with Dana also touches on her recent race at the New Balance Grand Prix. And then we have episodes with Tyler Day and Frank Lara. I wanted to get those out before the Trials of Miles big race this coming weekend so that when we do a recap episode or recap episodes the following week, you know where I'm coming from and you know exactly why and what uh, we're talking about. So thank you so much for listening and happy running. This has been a production of Rambling Runner Podcast. This podcast is produced by David Margetti of InPost Media. Thank you to Meta P for the music. His song, Righteous Path, featuring Rex Mayhem and Chip Fu, is produced by Symphonic Bang. Enterprising in my surroundings, I'm finding the quietest estates these days. This representation of storm brewing, amazed that the focus remains the vocal focal point of my change. I'm trying to show this industry.